Welcome to the 1068 Pubcast, where we drink beer and talk about shit that we find interesting. Please, don't take us more seriously than we take ourselves, and by all means, pull up a chair, open a beer, and enjoy the show. Welcome to episode 7 of the 1068 Pubcast. With me here is Pubcaster Freedom. God damn it. I haven't even like started my damn mic. <laughs> <laughs> you just I just wanted shit. to see what you do if I just went into it. God damn it. That's what you, what you are. Oh. And Pubcaster Corrales. <laughs> what's up? You know what's funny, guys? We uh, are going to be putting this on the front of the second half of a podcast we published like months ago, and it literally says something about how whenever this gets published in like June, and it's April, so we're not far. <laughs> we're gonna off. be close. We're, we almost made it. We almost. I think we recorded it in February. I want to say. So anyway. this is coming out around Christmas, then. Right. right. Christmas 2016. <laughs> and all that means is that for the second half of this episode, we're gonna be way more hilarious than we are now. That's something to look forward to. Yoki dokie. Well, the only other thing we got to do tonight, if you want to, is a uh, is a whiskey corner. Didn't we record a whiskey corner one time, but then not put it on? We did. It was just you and me. Yeah. And I don't know shit about whiskey. So what it turned into, it turned into Corrales talking about whiskey and me being like <laughs> that, that backup person out of like a televangelist who's just like, mm-hmm, yeah, mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. Tell me about mm-hmm. that. Yeah, how was that for you? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right. Mm, yeah. And it was like that for like 20 minutes. I was like, I can't play this. This is, I mean, your your part was good. I was just sounding like a fucking tool. So y'all want to do this whiskey corner? I am drunk and ready. There are some nights where it's like, man, I certainly crave two fingers. Right. Yeah. yeah. All right. So the first thing I do is, you know, you smell it first. Yes. You can smell the honey, briny, dark chocolate. You smell vanilla, yeah. smoky, a raisin. It tasted like drinking burnt tires. Yeah. It's like a warm summer's day. Right. It tastes like apple pie. Right. And that's why it's so good. That's why it's magical. The whiskey that I chose, let me tell our, our like three listeners. So the last few years in particular, I've really gotten into whiskey and I started with bourbons. And I thought I didn't like scotches. I thought scotch was just something that like old dudes drank and didn't really like, but pretended that they liked. And the main reason is because I'd had some scotches that I just wasn't ready for. And over time, you know, I still definitely respect bourbons, but I've kind of gotten more and more into scotches because I think they're more interesting. And the reason I think they're more interesting is like if you were to take all the different flavors that you get out of whiskeys and kind of graph it out. After you've drank a lot of scotches, bourbon has a little bit more of a flat taste to it. And that's not to say that bourbon is bad. I like bourbon a lot, and I respect bourbon. I mean, it's my American liquid of choice. But there's a lot more range in the flavors that you get with scotch. And so the scotch that I picked tonight, this whiskey taught me that I like scotch. And it taught me that I have particular types of scotch that I like. So anyway, what we're going to drink tonight is um, the Balvenie which is one of my favorite distilleries. It's a Speyside Scotch. Um, those of you that are familiar with like Glenfiddich and Glenlivet, it's in that neighborhood. In fact, it's right across the River Spey from Glenfiddich, and it's actually owned by the Glenfiddich Company. But I think it is way, way better than Glenfiddich. It is not a heavily peated Scotch. 
It doesn't have the earthy, smoky flavor that you get in certain scotches. It's very light on those flavors. Instead, it's a sherry scotch. It's a 12-year scotch, and it spends 10 years in second-fill, refill American bourbon barrels. Is this the Doublewood? This is the Doublewood, yeah. Okay. And the reason it's called the Doublewood is because it spends its life in two different barrels. So the first 10 years, it is in a refill bourbon barrel, and then in the last two years, they change it to an Oloroso sherry barrel, where it gets more like a fruity flavor. I really find that I prefer when my whiskey's in the Oloroso sherry barrel. I, I feel like those barrels tend to make better uh, whiskey <laughs> than the non-Oloroso sherry barrels. Yeah, boy. Yeah. Just trying to participate. Miliardo, why don't you tell me a little bit more about that? Like, what is it about the Oloroso that you really find satisfying? Well, ever since, um, ever since King Oloros took over the Siberian province and, um, they had to, they had to take over all the trees. Whenever they cut down those trees to make these right. barrels, called the Oloroso, mm-hmm. uh, barrels, um, you really can't get that around here. That's all it is. It's like a foreign, it's a nice malty, um, oh, okay. bitter, malty. sour, sweet, uh, taste. Right. That only comes from the, uh, mm-hmm. Siberian peninsula. So it tastes like everything. It tastes like everything. Yeah. That's why it's so good. That's why it's magical. It's like when you're a little kid and you're like at CC's yeah. and you decide you're going to put every soda in your cup right? and it, you get like this brown right. mud looking soda yeah. that yep. doesn't taste like anything. Right. Yeah. Okay. That's, that's what Oloroso was. <laughs> that's Oloroso <laughs> right there. You nailed it. I mean, we're basically done. We don't even need yeah. to drink this whiskey. Nailed it. I just dropped the fucking whiskey mic. I like that. You really did. You just it dropped is. it. Uh, well, well played. You're welcome. I was trying to do you there, Miliardo. Did I do good? Nailed it. Nailed it. <laughs> okay. So when you drink this stuff, all right, so I'm not like a whiskey expert or anything, but the first thing I do is, you know, you smell it first. And what I like about this whiskey, you can smell the honey right off the bat. You smell vanilla right off the bat. It has a really sweet smell to it, but it doesn't have like that syrupy sweetness that you get with like uh, Glimmerangie. And uh, then you drink it, and you immediately get flavors of honey, vanilla, uh, raisin, and then like at the end, it kind of finishes off kind of like a roasted walnut. And here's the deal, guys. Like I used to think this was bullshit. Like people would drink whiskey and say, oh, yeah, you know, it tastes like apple pie. And I'm like, fuck you. It doesn't taste like apple pie. It tastes like whiskey. And... (laughs) You know, people would find these weird things to compare their whiskey to, and I just thought that was all bullshit. Don't get me wrong. There's some bullshit out there. You know, oh, this this whiskey tastes like a warm summer's day. That's ridiculous, okay? Whiskeys might remind you of a better time or something like that, Not but, a warm but these, some of these whiskey, yeah, some yeah. of these whiskey writers, it's just kind of... Exactly. Yeah. It's kind unless of you're unless you're in like Siberia or some shit. Right. You know? Yeah. Warm summer's day <laughs> when I was so cold, I needed some whiskey. If you're in Siberia, everything that's not Siberia reminds you of a warm summer day. <laughs> Ooh, these flowers. It's basically like Indiana. Right. Yeah. It's just like Indiana. If you're in Indiana, everything the that's tundra? not Indiana reminds you of a warm summer day. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> I thought that stuff was bullshit. But over time, like as you drink more whiskeys, you, you do start to uh develop like a I guess like a vocabulary for describing whiskey. And the way I would describe the Balvenie Doublewood is again, right off the nose, the smell, the honey and vanilla. Then the actual taste of it, honey, vanilla, but then over time it changes. And that's what I like about scotch. 
when you drink scotch, the first flavor that you get is not necessarily the flavor that you get sort of at the end. As you swallow the whiskey and the, the heat in your mouth and all, you taste raisin and walnuts, and then later on it kind of changes to more of like a dark chocolate coffee flavor. And I know that that probably sounds like bullshit, but that's real life. Like scotch is just incredibly interesting. It's and so I guess for, it's much more complex. It is, I completely really agree is. with you there. And I'm like you. I'm still in my infancy when it comes to whiskeys. Right. And scotch has not been my strong suit. Right. And it's probably because I haven't tried enough of it. But even some of the scotches that I've tried that are supposed to be good scotches, I'm like, man, this is really difficult for me to drink. But that may not be because I don't. It's more than likely because I've drank more bourbons, the sweeter stuff. You know what I mean? And I get what you're saying when you say that it's watered down, so to speak. Well, or, I'm not saying watered I, I know down, that's but not, it's, it's got a flatter flavor to it. Right. Yeah, and that's what I meant by that. It's, it's pretty simple. Yeah, because for me, when I talk about bourbons, they're all different, but the differences are really subtle. You know? Sure. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. My favorite, for example, my favorite bourbon's Four Roses. Four Roses has a flavor profile to me that is very, very similar to a certain extent to Jefferson's, to a certain extent to Woodford Reserve. They're all very different, but when you describe them, I end up coming up with a lot of the same descriptions. They're not the same, but their it's differences are really subtle. Right. right, right. Where with yep, scotches, right, yep. their differences are incredible. I mean, the reason I thought I didn't like scotch is because the scotches that I'd had were really, really, really peaty scotches, like uh, Ardbeg. Dude, man, like if you're not used to scotch and you start off with an Ardbeg, it tasted like drinking burnt tires just because it's so smoky and so briny. And I found that as I'm drinking more scotches, I like a little bit of smoke. Now, I'm not saying Ardbeg smoke, but I like a little bit of peat. A little bit of brine. But even then, like, I'm not ready for Ardbeg. Even Miliardo, I I know you're not really a whiskey drinker, but I know you've experienced this with beer, right? I mean, think about the beers that you liked when you first started drinking beer. And then think about the beers that you like today, you know? Like, over time, right. yeah. your taste buds, you become more adventurous, you know? Sure. And it's like anything with scotches. Like, you, you don't just jump in with, like, the most, like, you know crazy scotch you, you kind of ease into it and so i've really found that there are so many different scotches and i like the space side scotches i like the, the sherried scotches and i like the scotches that are really low on the smoke and the peat where like my dad he doesn't know it yet but for his retirement i just bought him a bottle of the lafroy uh, 200 year anniversary scotch it's really smoky and really salty their rack houses where they hold their whiskey is located right on the ocean and he's going to love it because that's the type of scotch that he likes, you know? So you just kind of get a feel for like the different areas and all where I would say like American bourbons, they all sort of fall in a similar category. I got a question for you. So somebody that yeah. doesn't, you know, if you're listening to this and you don't know much about whiskey or bourbon, yeah. or if you're a Miliardo, for instance, if you were going to, want to try a whiskey or a bourbon and get into the culture because you've never really gotten into it before. Right. Where do you start? Because for me, this is the first segment, so it seems like a good time to do it. Right. 
for me, if I went into a liquor store and looked at whiskeys and bourbons, I see hangovers. So, I mean, wh- wh- where would you start? What kind of whiskey would you say is approachable um, to somebody that does not drink liquor, hard liquor really ever? Um, okay. But I have a very big appreciation for flavor profiles and, and diverse tastes uh, through craft beer. Right. And if that could be applied to a whiskey, I think I would be into that. But right. I, I have no idea where to start. It, well, and it absolutely can't. That's a, that's a good question. That's right. a great so first question. First of all, and I want to hear what Freedom thinks about this, too. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I've got my thinking cap on. I've got a couple suggestions already in the back of my head. Did you lock it up? Did, like, you put the uh, chin strap on? <laughs> you got to put the chin Maybe. strap on, bro. That's important. And there's a there's a lemon zester on the top. Yeah. The accommodator. Right. The accommodator. <laughs> nice. Um, <laughs> all right. If you were going to start, I would recommend starting with bourbon or Irish whiskey. And the reason I would do that is because, like we were just saying, there's just less variation there. And I guess it's just less flavors to take in at one time. They're not quite as intense as scotch. Yep. 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 I think a lot of people that aren't used to scotch, they refer to scotch as being really hot. And after you've drank scotch for a while, I'll be honest, I think bourbon is a lot hotter. What it is, I think, is when people aren't used to drinking scotch, scotch has like a, a certain level of like vibrancy to it where bourbon doesn't have that but when it comes to the actual alcohol burn i actually think bourbon is hotter than scotch and that's largely because bourbon's usually younger than scotch most bourbons are between seven and twelve years where most scotches don't start until about twelve years and they go all the way up to really as far as you want to go but most of them are like between twelve and twenty one so first of all i would recommend bourbon or irish to start with Although it can be hot, the flavor profile is a little more toned down and not quite as hard to uh, describe. And on top of that, I mean, they're generally the, about the same proof mm-hmm. as scotches. And I feel like bourbons are lighter bodied yeah. in the sense of, you know, if you want to compare it to a beer, it's like Bud Light compared to a Budweiser, sort of. I think bourbon's a little bit easier to consume. Even even for me, I think Irish whiskey is kind of harsh comparatively really? to a bourbon. Yeah, but I mean, I guess I haven't really delved into a lot of Irish whiskeys compared to bourbons or scotches. If bourbon is the path you wanted to start in, I think a couple of brands that came to mind, Woodford Reserve is certainly a good starter. Absolutely. I think. Um, They've got a cool bottle out right now. They do a Kentucky Perkin. Bur- they do a uh, Kentucky Derby bottle every year, <laughs> and they just released their Kentucky uh, Derby bottle. So Ooh. if somebody was listening to this and they That's wanted to cool. start, that would be a neat bottle to buy, too. You know, uh, Some I people didn't collect them. Well, when this comes out in, like, October, is it still going to be around? It probably no. will. They, they yeah, make a lot of them. I'm sure it will. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> um, another one is called Basil Hayden. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. Basil Hayden's, I think, is pretty easy to drink comparative to others. Uh, like, say, a, uh, oh, I forget the name of the, the what, what's the name of the bourbon with the horse on it? Blanton's. Blanton's. Uh, and it's nicknamed, it's nicknamed Dark Horse It because Jesus it is Christ. visibly way darker than other bourbons. Very dark and very harsh, very hot, very hot. It's very hot, and it has a lot more of a smoke flavor to it. Where with the basil and uh, I think Woodford has a little bit of a spicy hit to it, too. It does a little bit. Um, yeah. I'm just trying to think. I think Maker's Mark may not be a bad one. It's kind of hot. 
Well, and here's the deal. Maker's Mark is a weeded bourbon. Any weeded bourbon is going to be really approachable for a new person. Yes. Weeded bourbons have more of a sweet note to them, and they, to me, they're just toned down a little bit. Yeah, they it's, have uh, like almost a thicker taste to them, not quite as bright and spicy as some of the other bourbons. Sure. Uh, and that's because of that that wheat, the wheat bill. So I think both of us agree that you should probably start with bourbon, right? Yes, yes. I, I think bourbon would be a good place to start. So within bourbon, basically in order to be a bourbon, 51% of the grain that's used to make that whiskey has to be corn. That leaves 49% that can be rye. So you get a spicy, kind of almost a peppery bite. Uh, to me, a, a little bit of a vinegary note, too. Um, and you're going to taste that in, like, your bullet. Bullet is a rye Oh, bourbon. yes. Good. Yeah, which is a nice Bullet's spicy. It's, it is good. It's a really spicy, peppery bourbon. And it's it's excellent for, like, uh, mixed drinks or cocktails. Ginger. Mm. Oh, yeah, Absolutely. Then you've got your weeded bourbons, which are going to be your really mellow, sweet, and almost like have like a creamy toffee finish to them. And that's like Maker's Mark or Burnham's. I like Burnham's a lot. I think Burnham's actually would be a really good starter whiskey. I don't think I've ever had Burnham's. It is good stuff. It is heavily weeded. So it is a really, really, really mellow bourbon. The burn and everything's turned way, way down. It's like a muted whiskey, but it ends up creating a really nice drink. Oh, you know, another good wheat bourbon that I don't, I don't know, maybe you won't get it up there in the northern states, but it's called Rebel Yell. Oh, Lord have mercy. I thought that was pretty good. That was pretty good. <laughs> for the for the price that you it pay really for is. it, it's actually yeah. not beah. bad. All right. It's yeah, not here's, bad. here's the deal. Here's the story with Rebel Yell. Uh, <laughs> Miliardo, uh, this is before you became a... Uh, a part of the 1068 unit. So I had a two-hour class. We went from 4.45 to like 6.45 or 6.30 or something like that. And I used to come back, and it was always like where Freedom and I would cross paths or whatever. And I swear, I would come back, and Freedom would like, hey, how about a Rebel Yell and a Ginger Ale? And it's like, dude, I got to go to class. And he was like, take it for the road. And so I got, this is no joke, I got to a point where Every single time I had this class, I had it on Tuesdays and Thursdays, I would come back, I would have a drink with Freedom, and then I would pour another one, Rebel Yell and Ginger Ale, and I would take it to the class, I would sit at the back of the class, and I would drink whiskey, and I would hear about the American West. Mind you, this is very illegal. We were very much underage, so don't do that. Very much underage, and we were very much breaking all kinds of school policies as well. <laughs> and then I remember the next semester rolled around, and I had... um. What was the class? Uh, introduction to African politics, and I kept the tr we kept the tradition going. <laughs> so my 4:45 class, <laughs> I always was sitting in the back of it drinking <laughs> some Rebel Yell and some ginger ale. It's not bad. Cheap whiskey, but I will say, as far as like for the money, it's not a bad whiskey. For the money, it's good, but it may not be a good starter because it, it's not a good sipper. I, I wouldn't say it's no, a good sipper, it's but it's a great it's a, it's a great whiskey to have on on hand. Mixed drinks, probably more so. Yeah, I think Four Roses is a good one. I think Burnham's is a great one. Any weeded Burnham's or Maker's Mark, those are good starters. Uh, then you start playing around with your Irish whiskeys. Irish whiskeys are barley whiskeys, just like Scotch. They do not use corn; they use barley. But what makes Irish whiskey different is they use malted barley and unmalted barley. 
And the reason they did that is because way back when, uh, they used to tax uh, whiskey distilleries based on how much malted barley they were producing. They did not tax them on the unmalted barley. And so Irish whiskeys have more of a, like a bright flavor to them, less of a nuttiness, less of like a toasted flavor, and more of like a sweet, spicy flavor. I think Irish whiskeys are pretty easy to drink, but at the same time, I could see how somebody brand new would think that maybe they're a little hot. So maybe that might be step number two. And then I would say step number three, you would go into like your scotches that are your sherried scotches that are finished in sherry barrels or uh, what are called sherry butts. And then from there, then you start playing around with your peatiness. I would say after drinking the Balvenie, after drinking um, Glen Morangie, after drinking Aberlauer, those are all very non-peaty scotches. They don't taste smoky. They don't taste peaty, which it's hard to explain what peat tastes like, but it's it's burning dirt, basically. So it's very earthy <laughs> and smoky. But then I would go to Highland Park, which is a little peaty. And then from Highland Park, if you find that you like peat, then you start going to some of the islands. Like, you know, Highland Park is in the Orkney Islands. It's one of my favorite distilleries. They're sherry, but at the same time, they use a little bit of peat. So I would go there. The 18-year-old Highland Park is awesome. If you don't have the money for that, I would go Dark Origins. It's a very dark whiskey because they put it into one sherry barrel, and then they dump it out, and they put it into another sherry barrel. Then if you found out that you like peat, I would go to Talisker Storm is really, really good. That's from Isle of Sky, I believe. And then if you just really want to go heavy smoke, heavy peat, then you're going to go to the Islay Islands and you're going to drink Ardbeg or you're going to drink Laphroaig. But you should absolutely not start with Ardbeg and Laphroaig. Like, that's like, that's a big boy pants like you know like we were saying with beer you know like you don't start with ipa exactly you don't start with a heavy ipa you start with a wheat beer you know you start with a blue moon or a franziskaner or a shock top or oh i can't believe i just put franziskaner and shock top together or bacardi raz or if you're Millie Ardo, you start bacardi raz you know i mean you know no judgment here except yeah. lots of judgment bacardi but, grape i mean you there's know, a lot of grapes really bacardi uh apple yeah. Sour apple. Uh, Smirnoff grape, whatever. Yep, that's it. Yeah, there yep. you go. You know. <laughs> so, and over time, you find that your tastes change. You know, it's just like beer. It's really a matter of just grabbing a few. It's almost like do, you should probably do a flight. It, it really sounds like that's going to kind of open up your taste buds. You discover what you kind of like and what you kind of don't like. If you can, that is definitely the way to save a it bunch is, of money. Yeah. Well, we've got a bar down here in Columbia. It's called Bourbon. Um, and that's the the, bourbon bar is awesome. It's legit. It's great. It's great. Um, you can get flights there. It's expensive. It's expensive to be a connoisseur of whiskeys. Yeah, it it is. But you'll find that there are some nights where it's like, man, I certainly crave two fingers of Woodford Reserve. That's what I want. And do I want to have it watered down a little bit with ice, or uh, do I want it neat with maybe a little bit of water added? I mean, there's all kind of options to it. To find what you like, what you're craving. I think that there's a little bit more that you can kind of customize to your taste. Absolutely. In beer, maybe. It's just more of a sipper. You don't you don't chug whiskey as much. No. You know, it's just one of those things. For me especially, whiskeys go well with a cigar. That's why when I'm in the mood for a cigar, I normally will have a whiskey to go with it. 
and that's what comforts me for the night. It's like my little teddy bear, right? <laughs> it's like right before bed, I get my little teddy bear. Yeah. You know? And it's, my biggest thing, yeah. I think, for a new person is to drink what you like. Yeah. Don't get caught yeah, up yeah, in definitely. the reviews. Ultimately, yeah. it's one dude drinking a whiskey, and what he likes might not be what you like. You know, like, I get whiskey advocate, but ultimately, what I love, you know, freedom I hate, and what freedom loves, I might hate, you know, yep. drink what yep. you like. Uh, the biggest thing is like Freedom said, you know, if you can find a bar and you can get some flights and you can try some stuff, see what's out there, you know, and then once you get locked into sort of a type of whiskey that you like, go from there. Try more in that type. And then when you're ready to branch out, try some new flavors. It's just like beer, you know, everybody started off loving Blue Moon. And then you want a little something else, and then you want a little something else, and before you know it, you're drinking a briny melon ghost, you know? Whiskey's like that, too, but drink what you like, would, and, you, and it um, doesn't really matter what the critics say. Would you suggest for Miliardo, if he were to try it, to try On the Rocks or Neat first, as a novice? I would suggest to do both. Just like you can experiment with different whiskeys, you can experiment with different ways of serving it, too. I have like a little ice globe maker. It makes a perfectly little round ice sphere, which so it doesn't it doesn't melt on. Like exactly, yeah, it yeah. chills and your whiskey, like but it. it doesn't put a lot of water in it, which is awesome. Then you can also get the soap stones. Freedom, you got stones. me some soap stones, right? I did. Yeah, I did. Yeah, I still use if them. If you don't I, I want those it watered things. down, but you want it chilled. Exactly. Exactly. That's you don't want about. a lot of water, but you want it a little chilled. Try that. You know, play around with it. My biggest thing is do not think you're drinking whiskey. If you're putting it in a Coke, you're drinking a cocktail. There's nothing yeah, wrong with drinking a cocktail, but, right. but it's different. And there are certain whiskeys that you just – you're wasting your money if you're putting it in ginger ale. Now, there are certain yeah, whiskeys I agree. that you are doing the perfect thing by putting it in ginger ale because that's what it was Bullet. meant to do. Bullet, for example, for me. Yeah, Bullet is one of those bourbons. It is great straight, but it is great in a ginger beer. Yeah, you're exactly right because it's not low-quality – but exactly. it's a perfect quality for yeah. It's mixed just drinks. a good exactly. But if you took my 18 year old Macallan and you put it in a in Mew. a ginger beer, I'm gonna it, punch you in the face. I'm gonna it, spark and kick you in the like face. I feel like if it's what if I drank it out of the navel of an attractive woman? No, I would give you a high five. Yeah, no, that's cool. All right, cool. Just making sure. No, you're enhancing the experience. That's fine. That's acceptable. Right. Okay, so I can try bourbon. That works. That works. Like the <laughs> owner of this place that you got it from would be. You better make that attractive but... woman is uh, Miss Milliarda. <laughs> yeah. She might have something to say about it. <laughs> well, what? She can take the next shot. I mean, we can take turns. It doesn't have to be like just me. <laughs> this, you know. This is true. <laughs> uh, uh, couples, couple shots, and I'll be the guy with the camera. Oh yeah. So is that it for the Corrales Whiskey Corner? I think so. Did you get everything you needed? I need one more thing, okay? and I'm going to put you on the spot. You ready? Sure. All right, Cross. I need you to take us back to a time two months ago when we recorded the original bit. Okay. Do your magical go-back-in-time words. Getting in my time machine now. Anybody? Wayne's World? <laughs> it's time for Freedom's Pub Trivials. In this segment, the 1068 Pubcasters will tackle some of life's hardest questions. Like, pour a drink, throw a drink. What's the other thing that we do the drink? Important questions like, Who wants to guess how many emails my wife still has unread on her phone? Or, Is PBR light beer or not? Or even, Is that natural gas? 
So if you've ever stared into the cosmic abyss and pondered Epona? Epona? Oh, what's it called? Eponia? Epona? Eponia? Help me out here, bro. Epona? Eponia? 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 We'll go with Eponia. Eponia? Then stay tuned for Freedom's Pub So this is Freedom's Pub Trivial. Questions of the day, essentially. And the reason why I wanted to have this type of segment is days go in and out. And sometimes I don't know what the circumstance would be, but something would come up either uh, in general conversation while I'm at work, while I'm at home, out socially, maybe even a topic on the radio that I'm listening to. I don't listen to a lot of news radio, but a lot of sports radio. So it prompted me to think that that would be a great segment. But on top of that, I wanted it to be questions that I would not personally research or try to figure out the answers to if there were answers to them so that I could get the opinions of those that mattered to me. You know, Corrales and Miliardo's opinions actually matter to me. The world's uh... opinions don't necessarily matter to me. <laughs> but these two guys that are very well educated, more so than myself, much smarter than me in my opinion. Whoa now, whoa can... now. No, no, no. In my opinion, that's what I'm saying. In my opinion, I feel like you guys are much smarter than I am and have and can in some ways have differing opinions than myself. That's why I would like to pose the questions. So no one who moves from South Carolina to Indiana is smarter than (laughs) than anyone. Um, So I'm just going to shoot you down right there, Freedom. Well, Uh, continue. I appreciate I appreciate the sentiment. I appreciate the sentiment as well. Oh, boy. I like that, Miliardo. It's currently nine <laughs> degrees and snowing. I look out my back window. There's a fucking guy in a white tunic riding what looks like an ox on two feet. I mean, it is the planet Hoth. It just is, it's in hot. fact, the planet Hoth. Before I go to bed tonight, I'm going to find a yak and cut it open and crawl inside its guts just to stay warm. It's the only way you can fight the frostbite. It's the only way to survive, yeah. It's, I mean, that's it. You know, every night, I, uh, I cut open a yak, tuck my daughters into the yak, um, come downstairs, talk to you guys, and yeah, uh, yeah. good times, uh, well, good times. So I'm actually going to present two questions to you guys. One of them is going to be a short-lived, cut and dry. The second question is not so much. Here's the first question, and wow, the first official question for Freedom's Pub Trivials. So between the two of y'all, how would you guys pronounce the word J A G? U A R S. Fuck. Okay. Uh, right. I'll start with Corrales. Okay. So this is one of those words to me that has a Great Britain English pronunciation and an American English pronunciation. The American English pronunciation is Jaguars. The British pronunciation is Jaguars. And so to me, if you're not british or you're not english and you're going around saying jaguars to people um you look like a tool um but that that's just me so i I would say jaguars it's funny i had an answer to this within seconds of hearing you start to spell that word all right so (laughs) the correct pronunciation and the reason it's the correct pronunciation is because it is the way the majority of the people who say the word say the word that, in my opinion, makes it the correct de facto pronunciation. It might not have been the original, but the current and correct pronunciation is Jaguar. And, on top of that, 
if you're the kind of person that's going to hear somebody else say Jaguar and then say it's pronounced Jaguar or whatever the fuck you want, <laughs> I reserve the right to punch you in the face. Like, you can say aluminium all you want. Yeah, exactly. That's, cute. that's I like the one aluminium. I was, that's the one I was aluminium thinking of too. Is, is great. Well, I love this aluminium. And honestly, it oh is God. spelled that way, but. But it's, it's the whole correction thing. Like, if I say aluminum, don't fucking say it. You mean aluminium? No, I don't fucking mean aluminium. <laughs> do I talk like somebody that <laughs> would say somebody. aluminium? No. Do I talk like somebody that would say Jaguar? No. Does anybody want to guess how I heard this mm. pronunciation from a professional athlete on the radio? It, it wasn't either one of the pronunciations that you guys said. I would love to. Really? No. Was, they did they play for the a, Jaguars? No, they did not. <laughs> they actually huh. played in the NBA, retired okay. from the NBA. It was actually Reggie Miller who played for right. the Indiana Pacers. Reggie Miller threw a freaking eye in there somehow and called them the Jaguars. Jaguars. You know, I've and heard it, people say that before. Um, I had never heard anybody say Jaguars so many times in a five-minute segment <laughs> than yeah. this fool. Now, I'm not going to call have him heard a fool because he's I've not heard a that fool, before. but I've heard Jaguars. damn, yeah. I must have heard it 13 to 25 times. I really don't know. But every time, Jaguars with an I is yeah. like I, I, I've heard that I, a good no bit, especially in, especially in around the South area. I think really? I think Millie, yeah, I think Milliardo hit on something about de facto language and I totally agree with what he's saying. If the majority of the people in an area say something a certain way, then in that area that is the de facto correct way to say it. So I totally agree with that. Yes. You don't come into my house and correct my speech. Exactly. <laughs> and 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 that's really the way I feel about it. It's, you know, I've I've talked to northern friends of mine uh, English teachers like in Milliarda. particular, they they love to correct you on things, and they'll say something about how pronunciation is, and I think she mostly does it just to annoy me. But uh, you know, and and that's uh, always what I say. It's like, where do where are you right now? You're in the South, okay? Go around and ask ten people how they say that word, and if it's yep. the way I just Thank said you, it, Corrales. then you are pronouncing it wrong for for Corrales. this area, you know. I work at the global company. And we have just a, like a centralized uh, station, and the majority of the people that work there, we actually consolidated a lot of the uh, other offices that were in the United States to this one facility. So we've got people from the Northwest, from the, the Midwest, from the Northeast, and from, well, I guess, what would New Orleans be? Is that Midwest? New Orleans? No, Southeast. Yeah, it is geographically, but you can't lump it into the southeast dialect. No, you can't. It's like no, it's no, sandwiched no, 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 because because no. yeah, right. the southern well, southern Texas dialect is way different than southeast, and then in between them, that New Orleans is even wackier. Like well, it's, it's oh not at all God. like you. And that's largely because me, of the French. But the southeast should be broken into the eastern southeast and the western southeast. In the western, I agree yeah. with you there. Yeah. I totally agree. Yeah. My point being, I've got people all over the United States that have convened in the southeast right. of the United States, and they are talking about dragons and <laughs> holy crap. And I'm looking at them like, what the fuck are you talking about? I'm sorry. 
Whoa, I'm sorry. What are you talking about? <laughs> talking about? I, I can't even. I can't even talk like you right now, and I can't understand what you're saying unless yeah. I hold yeah. both of my nostrils in and start talking. Right. And, and they're and trying here, to tell. Here's they're looking thing. at me like I'm, I'm an idiot. Yeah. So I get that. I get that. Sorry. We're we're making this segment longer than it should be. Well, my my thing is my thing is as a like as a teacher. In fact, the just the other day I was talking to my kids about writing papers, and several of my kids are using slang basically in their papers, and so we're working on that. And I'm I'm trying to build them into professional writers. And you know, to me, writing is a place where, I mean, unless you're John Steinbeck or something, and you have a character that you want to to sound a certain way in the book, there is a universal style when it comes to scholastic writing. There are certain things you say, Absolutely. and there are certain things you don't say when it comes to scholastic writing. Sure, But sure. that's where I draw the line. I actually am very anti-universal language. I think regional dialect right. is what makes people interesting, you know? And so sure. because of sure. that, I am very anti-people putting any type of sense of, well, this is the way it should be said, and this is the proper way to say it. It's like, for me, again, unless I'm writing a scholastic paper, basically screw you if you try to tell me that I'm saying it wrong. Because honestly, as a history major and a, somebody who appreciates history, to me, language is history, and I hate this whole universalism way of saying, well, everyone should talk this particular way. I mean, I like the fact that when I go to different places, they know that I'm from the South based on the way that I talk. And I know that they're from the North or from the, the you know Pacific Northwest or whatever. I mean, that's what makes us interesting. Anyway. Well, then don't hate my fast food chain that says, hey, would you guys like to buy some... Uh... <laughs> Holy Don't be crap. hating that guy. Uh, I didn't hate that guy at all. I was very confused i was like what the hell just happened <laughs> where is this fast food restaurant located hey you like in the 1920s mean streets hey, of <laughs> brooklyn it's like what are you doing that was awesome mama use guys use guys freedom what's your second question freedom's pub trivial second question uh i feel like this one it can go all over the place, but it's something that I've noticed, and I don't, and I honestly can't remember how I noticed this. But in y'all's opinion and mine, why do most words that start with the letter I have consequences associated with them? Think about all of the the words that start with the letter I. Just throw a word out there. Anybody. Anybody. Infidelity. Throw a word out there. Infidelity. Infidelity. That's a I'm gonna be honest, word. the first word the first word I came up with was igloo, which made me confused. And then I realized <laughs> you probably meant like words hey. that start with I N or I M, like M well, or no, N. Not even right? that. Igloo. Who lives in igloos? Fucking idiots. <laughs> Why would you live in an igloo? I mean, I, mean I think it's because they didn't there? have any trees, Freedom. Well, they need to move. <laughs> uh, Why would fair you enough, stay fair where you are when it's that cold? Give me some examples, Freedom. Incontinent. Or irreverent. I mean, it just seems like every... Implode. 
implode. That's a bad word. That's not a good word. Mm-hmm. Right? See, I can come up with some others. I'm also thinking, like, interesting or information or... Informative. But that's why I said most words. Most words. Okay. Um, Illegible. Bad. Okay. Or um, irresponsible. Well, isn't that because a lot of the times the prefix... um, Yeah. Is basically the, I was thinking the it, same thing. It, it kind of like like irresponsible is the opposite of responsible. Maybe. Irreplaceable and, and, is the opposite of replaceable. So I mean by I mean the I guess the yeah, I-R good. or the I-N, those prefixes are basically pre, they're Indisposed. they're uh, they're similar to saying not or non. Yeah. Right. Yeah. yeah. And irrelevant. N-M, ir- irrelevant. Yeah. All those. Ear, M, and N. Yeah. I never really thought of all three of them doing that, but yeah, I mean, they're all basically synonymous with not. With bad things. Yeah. I would argue that you could expand that observation to anything that starts with a vowel, because think about the other ones. Words that start with A. A is basically another one of those prefixes that means not. Um, Apple. Yeah, yeah, Apple. Fuck you. <laughs> Show that apple inside like, that igloo, I, I man. Like that, I like that you went with it, though. You were like, yeah, app. fuck you, freedom. Fuck <laughs> you. <laughs> you know, like apple. The same thing is true for O. Like, O can yeah. often be, like, Omnipotent. Oh, that sounds pretty awesome, actually. <laughs> Omni. <laughs> Omni. Omni is not going to be a good prefix. But, like, and think about un. Un. un definitely un, yeah. Yes, yeah. you you definitely can be a bad starter. And I think A as well, like A, A atypical, atypical. Yeah, yeah. Asymmetrical. It's all kind of like you know, differing from a norm when you have that one. So, interesting observation. Never would have thought of that. Yeah, it was just. A, it seemed like every word I thought about at that point in time was like, man, that's a negative word, or it could be a negative word. But anyway, very cool. And I've got many more. Like I say, it's not that they're mind benders or anything. It's just questions that came up in my head. And I was like, okay, well, maybe there's another side of it. That's what I was thinking. Yeah. So right. I think about things like that anyway. sometimes when I'm driving. I need to start writing some stuff down. And you know what? A lot of times that's when I put those in my phone. When I get to a red light or something, I'll just like put them in my notes. I've got, let's see, 10, hit, hit 11, 12. You yeah. want another one? Yeah, hit us with one more. Yeah, yeah one okay. more. Uh, let's see. So, what are some great songs, great, absolutely great songs, that have ten words or less in the entire song? Oh, geez, man. I, I, don't, I mean, I don't know. I'd have to think about that for a Anything while. Anything by Bach. <laughs> I'm not talking about strictly instrumental. Instrumental, okay? right. I'm thinking more modern. I'm not thinking classicals. Right, I'm going to count to see if this one counts. I'm going to count the words with you guys. I'm too sexy for my shirt. <laughs> I've already said too sexy for my shirt. So, I've already said sexy. Sexy. It, it hurts. hurts. I'm up to nine. Oh, then the catwalk. Yeah, that's more than ten. That one doesn't count. Yeah, I don't know. I can't Man, even think Okay, of well, let's say 15, less than 10. 15 words. Oh, fuck. Okay. Know. So I had nine, and, I, and then and 
I'm a model, you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, that one's more than that one's way too many. And really, is that one we want to pick as like a, <laughs> a classic? I'm scraping the barrel here. I mean, but everybody knows it. Everybody <laughs> knows it, though, right? It I'm a, a Barbie song. girl in. Oh my uh, gosh! I've already said Barbie. <laughs> uh, worlds. <laughs> I've already busted ten on that one too. I like how nobody's asked me what songs I thought of. What songs did we you think of, Freedom? <laughs> Freedom, please tell me I what songs of, did you think of. A great I like song. how I went to really shitty one-hit you wonders did. by Aqua. Whatever. You immediately Go ahead. some shitty-ass songs. And I, and it's great, <laughs> and that's kind of what I was going for. Maybe I'm just crazy. But, you know, I think most of, of them songs, would be shitty, right? Cause, no, no. I mean, normally correct. pop songs have less lyrics usually, right? Uh, maybe. I don't know. Maybe the song that I heard on the radio that prompted me to think of that. I was like, man, this song is great, but shit. It's like kind of repeating was funk soul brother. Yeah. 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 That's fat right. Voice right, right, right. 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 It's nine words in the entire song. And it's a great <laughs> song. Can everybody agree with me that that's a good song or no? Oh, I agree. Maybe yeah. I like that song. Absolutely. Yeah, no, I agree. Song. Even better like, music man, video. That's a great song. I can think of two songs by Snow Patrol that fit this. One of them is Firelight, where he literally just says Firelight, Firelight over and over time. and over and over. And there's this thing about we don't need no sleep or something, in the, but that's it. Then he goes back to Firelight. I mean, there's no way that's over 10. And then there's the other one they did, which is Make Love to Me Forever. Five words. That's it. The whole song. Yeah. I think a lot of them would be more like the da- more like dance type songs. I wouldn't and, uh, call either of those great songs, though. You know, yeah. I would. I've got another great song. All right. That y'all can disagree with me. Turn down for what? Turn down for what? Turn down for awesome. what? And how many words is in that song? Is it really just turn down for what? Is it really just those four? It's just the four. No, no. There's one. There's a bridge that has some. He says something in there. No. Little John don't know about no bridges. Not in that song. I think there is, bro. Is there really? Yeah, five oh, to now, then another round of that. shots. Five to now, another round of shots. Turn down for what? But that's still, let's see, one, two, three, four, five, six, yeah, seven, eight, nine, words. ten. That's 11. That's 11, 11 words? Okay. Yeah, so it has 11. I knew there was something in there. Because uh, that's one of my that's Dangerously one of my close. Jams. Dangerously close. I like to think Little John went into the studio one day and they're like, Oh, Little John, all right, great. We have you. What can we record? He's like, Turn down for what? Make something out of that. And he just fucking dropped the mic and left. I'm and then there were these guys that were just in there. They're like remixing things, trying to trying to make something out of just it. Just trying to yeah. make it. Just trying to make it in, in life. Uh Weapon of Choice, again, by Fat yeah. Boy Slim. Another Fat Boy right. Slim, sure. He's the go to, huh? I don't remember what the name of that type of dance music is, but I don't but there is a name for dance music that has just a few words. Uh, um, Moby Moby has a bunch of. Um, does he really? I yeah, really Moby has several Moby. songs that only have like a few lyrics in them, and they make them work. I mean, it, you know, it's part of the music. And the only other one was uh, a Christmas song, and it was by Brian Setzer. Orchestra is you guys familiar with Brian Setzer Orchestra? Yeah, 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 yeah. They did a lot more like the big band music. Yeah, it's big band, exactly. More modern big big band, and they did Mm -hmm. one called the Nutcracker Suite, which had no words, but it was phenomenal to me. 
but anyway, that was my last one, and I've still got several more to to do, but that'll be in future episodes. So hold on, I gotta run a song by you guys. I don't know what the lyrics are. I don't know if you guys do either, but it, depending on what the lyrics are, it could fit this this thing. I'm gonna go by the funniest one. I'm blue. If I were green, I would die. That's nine words. Then they repeat, if I were green, I would die. If I were green, I would die. No, they have... Uh, if I were green, I have, would die. If um, I green, I would die. There's actual um, verses to that song. Ah, oh, damn. Thought I had one. Yeah, that's the chorus, but there's actual verses to the song as well. What were the other interpretations of that? Something like, I'm blue and I'm in need of a guy. Wasn't that one? Uh, um, I'm in need of a guy. Sure. A da ba dee da ba da. A da ba dee da ba da. A ba dee ba da. A ba dee ba da. Honestly, I thought that's all it was. I thought it was just somebody making a bunch of damn noises. I did. I, I think didn't. it is. If I was it green. Was I was die. Yeah. <laughs> yep. But even the re- there's like the beginning part of the song where they're like, "Yo, listen." Up here's a story about a little guy lives in a blue world and all oh, day. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. That whole part. Yeah, about yeah. all that. Yep, at the very beginning yeah. of the song. Yeah. But it's difficult. It's difficult. I think your two best sources to look for these type of songs would be just club-centric heavy yeah. dance songs. Absolutely. Some of the new hip-hop, like Little John. but And also... Some of those, I don't know, whatever genre you're talking about, Kralos, because I don't know what that's called either, because uh, you can't really call Fatboy Slim club music, because it's not. No, there's a name I mean, for it, but, yeah. It would have been early on. It would have been early on in the in the 1990s. But I think you can also look at the groups that did instrumentals. Yeah. You know, Dave Matthews had several instrumentals that were great, but not all of them I thought were my favorite. Sure. So that's why I put number 34 on my list. Oh, hell yeah. So it brings it up to interpretation. We can add on to it as we think about it. I just thought it was a great question to throw out there because it's difficult to have a really good song that didn't have right. but more than it's, 10 or 15 words. Google is a magical thing. It's called Big B or Acid House. Okay. That would be like, uh, let's discuss some examples. Fatboy Slim, The Crystal Method. Prodigy, sure. you know, which I Prodigy. think all, all of those you would find a smack bunch of songs that only have. Yep, smack my bitch up. Yep, some of the dubstep stuff now too only has a few lyrics. I bet you a six pack. There's a modest mouse song out there that has ten words or less. Oh, I just I'm can't sure. Can't think of what it would be. I'm sure. But yeah, yeah. So that's that's yeah. a cool question. Thanks for you. What we should do is we should say if you're listening to this show and you're not the type of person that can be like, hey, call us by our real name, tap us on the shoulder. What do you think about this? Then you should email us at 1068pubcast at gmail.com. I'm still not convinced that those people exist. You know, the people that don't actually know us in real life. But, hey, maybe. But if you do exist, <laughs> it's 1068pubcast at gmail.com. We invite your opinion. Absolutely. Although, to be fair, earlier in this segment we said we basically didn't give a shit about your opinion. But, well, I said the You world, can give it a try. Yeah. You can give it a try. You can give it but a try. If Email us. Let's see what happens. So serious. If we like it, we might shit. talk about it. If you're super <laughs> serious about everything people say, then no, I I actually don't want your opinion. This is freedom. I don't want it. I really don't want it. If you're that serious your about it, I really don't. Yeah. If you if you're you being present it to us, I will let Corrales <laughs> and Milliardo listen to it. <laughs> I take it back. Don't write. Hey, I'm a realist. If you're gonna be that serious about the podcast, then no. 
Corrales and Milliardo can listen to your opinion. Freedom will not. <laughs> <laughs> All right, what's next? If you want one, I, ha- I have an Is This Racist ready. Oh, yes. Let's do what? an Is Yeah, Is This Racist. Let's do it. Is that racist? Is that racist? Is that racist? Is that racist? Yeah, that's pretty fucking racist. Is this racist for tonight that I have for you guys? It's kind of topical. It's probably, unfortunately, going to be topical for the rest of our lives. But I've heard people say, I've heard podcasters, I've heard people in the street, I've heard friends say what I'm about to say, the phrase I'm about to say. And I'm going to go ahead and say a trigger warning here. If you're offended by hate speech, just be aware that I'm about to say something that is, in fact, hate speech. Or it is often interpreted that way, but it's not my opinion. It's just for the sake of this bit. Um, I'm going to say a phrase and ask if you guys think it's racist to say that phrase. I've heard friends, coworkers, family members, podcasters, news reporters say things on either side of this, of this statement. And the statement is, I hate Muslims. And the reason I think it's a very interesting statement is you can get very semantical on what these words mean. You can get very particular about what a Muslim is. And what it means to be a Muslim, uh, you know, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna go to you guys. I'm gonna let you, you go in your own direction. What do you guys think? The phrase "I hate Muslims" is that a racist thing to say? Absolutely. Uh, I. Oh, go ahead. I'm sorry. Go ahead. It's it's really that simple for me. Absolutely. I mean, you're saying you hate an entire group of people based on their religious and uh, ethnic leanings. To me, that's the definition of racism. What do you think, Freedom? For freedom, uh, I don't think it's racist, and the reason why I think it's not is— Love it! Well, and and, and that's why—it's a great question, and that's why the three of us, we can be real with each other. Right. I don't think it's racist because it's not bringing out a particular race, so to speak, because white people can be Muslim, black people can be Muslim, Middle Easterners can be Muslim, Chinese people can be Muslim— Japanese. People. I mean, it could it could go all I, over. I the agree place. with that. I mean, if we're, uh, so if we're defining I don't think races purely based on color. their race, yeah, that's why I don't think it's racist. Now, it would be along the same lines of saying somebody saying I hate Christians, right? Because I think it's more religious based. I hate. It is, yeah. Like if somebody said I hate. Jews, Hindus, or Hindus, yeah. Well, or, Jews are you're. Uh, that's what I'm saying. Jews are technical, it, it, you, 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 there is a race of Jew and there's also a religion of Jew. That's that's a tough one. Right. So, are we basically asking then is Muslim a race? Like, it, is that that's, the question really, or should that be the question? That's what I'm saying. Yes. There's a few different ways to address it, and I'm so glad you guys caught on to it because that was why this question was so interesting to me, because. In a technical sense, the word Muslim should not be a race of people. Right. They are separate from the groups of people that adhere to them. But there is something interesting about Muslim, and you could probably make a similar argument for the word Hindu, uh, maybe even Buddhist. You could make an argument that those religions are so specifically tied to specific races. And again, it's not the 100% case. But it's the 99.9% case that a Muslim is of a certain skin color. And because that connection is so not only statistically correct, but it's also ingrained into our brains. If I say that someone was a Muslim, you don't see freedom. You see 
a person of a certain skin color. Just try that. Close your eyes and say the phrase Muslim and think about what image comes to your brain. Right. Close your eyes and say the phrase Christian. Close your eyes and say the phrase Jew. And there's one of those that's very strongly tied to a skin color. Right. And there's a couple others which are not quite as strongly tied. I agree with that premise that the that a lot of people, when if they say something like I hate Muslims, what they really are saying is I hate Arabic people. Yeah. You know, or Middle Eastern people. Um, so I, I, I can agree with uh, Freedom, what he's saying there. I guess basically what I jumped on and saying it was racist is to me that holds the same level of hatred that you would you would see in uh, racist language but sure. I, I see the point that a lot of times we use muslim well people misuse muslim to be a race when in reality it's a religion i think in a very technical sense you should be able to say that hate speech against muslims is bigotry um but you should not be able to say that it's racist but because of that mental tie that the word Muslim brings to everyone that says that word, what it means to them when they say it, it makes it more complicated. It's become racist. Yeah. Yeah, like in today's it's, society, it, it has become racist. It's perception. It's perception. Yeah. We've, we've talked right. about that before. It's perception of what's racist. So what are your final verdicts? What do you think? I don't think it's racist, per se. I, I don't think I, it's racist. Freedom says no. I think it's hate speech, absolutely. But I understand both of your points. I agree with both of your points. I think this saying that by itself, no, it is not racist. But the way people most say it and the images that they have in their minds when they say it makes it racist. I actually agree. I think it's contextually racist, which when you really about, get down to it, isn't all racist language often contextual? Sure. So to me, it's perception think, based. Perception. Right. Absolutely. Yeah. I think that when most people say something like that, I think they are absolutely being racist. Sure. Do I think the language itself should be racist? No, it, it actually should. No, absolutely but, not. Yeah. Right. I actually agree with you. I was in the same category as you, Cross, and I think you and Freedom were saying the same thing too. Yeah. Basically, that if a computer or a robot said the phrase "I hate Muslims." I would not think it was racist, but the second a human being says it, because of all the connotation that goes with it, because of what they actually mean when they say it, it probably it probably is racist. But it's it's an interesting topic. Well, and it's interesting too because you you brought up the point. You know, if somebody said Muslim in your mind, what do you see? Versus if someone said Christian, and it's like that kind of gets you thinking. It's like. Well, I guess I'm a little racist myself, you know, because, I mean, th there are certain stereotypes that come to mind. So, right. Yeah. So know, would it be racist if freedom, a white guy said he hates Christians? I don't think so. No, well, I don't see, think racist. That's kind it's of still, a double standard, speech. I feel like. I mean, it's, no, I don't think so. It's still bigotry. It's, it's big. Still okay, hatred. thank you. It's bigotry. Yeah, right, right, right. So that's yeah. where it gets weird. It's weird because the word Christian doesn't necessarily, in my opinion, it doesn't necessarily have a racial connection that the word Muslim does. Like, there are multiple races that, that definitely, definitely classify themselves as Christian. I mean, you know, Hispanics are, are largely Catholic. If you're going to pick a religion, true. you're Hispanic, you're probably a, a Catholic or a Christian of some sort. And the same is true for Caucasians and Afri African Americans. But what so, if right, a Middle yeah. Eastern person said that they hate Muslims? I mean, 
Man, freedom just dropped the fucking mic. And that's what I'm saying. It, it 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 goes across the board. I feel like it it can go across the board. That's why I don't get it. Uh, you know what? I would say this. In general, the phrase "I hate Muslims" would probably be racist because of who is saying it. But if you were of Middle Eastern descent and you said "I hate Muslims," I think you get a pass. And I would argue that if you're an atheist and you say "I hate Muslims," you also get a pass. In the way that if you're an atheist and your focus is on religion when you're saying it, you're probably not hating the person. You're probably hating the religion. You're hating organized religion, yeah. You're saying exactly what you mean to say, whereas if you're you know, just a random person saying that, who is, let's just say, white, to make it simple, a, a random white person saying that, okay, I sure. think it's probably safe to assume there's a racist undertone. But I think if you are, you know... An atheist, there, or in your example, if you're a Middle Eastern person, I think I think you get a pass because of where it's coming from, and I think it's probably more obvious to everyone listening where it's coming from too. Mm-hmm. So, but but an atheist could really get a pass on saying they hate pretty much everybody that believes in a god and get a but pass. They get a pass. They get a pass on the racism, not the bigotry. I mean, it's, on, yeah. I mean, it's yeah, still they'd still talk. be bigoted. I yeah. mean, it's still an Absolutely. asshole thing still to say, speech. you know. Right. Yeah. That's a fun way to end the segment. <laughs> You're welcome. <laughs> <laughs> no, I like it because for a second there, I was just like stunned. I was like, I don't, that's a good fucking point. I don't know what to say about that. Huh. Let's say you were a person from Saudi Arabia and you go, you go, I hate Arabs. Or Arabs, because... Arabs, that's right. That's how I say it, Arabs, (laughs) actually. Holy crap. I think that would make you racist, because even though you're of that same descent, you're still targeting people. You're specifically targeting a race, yeah. Yeah. Right. No, that makes sense, but if you're saying... But I think if you're Middle Eastern and you say, I hate Muslims... That's different. You you say... Completely different. Yeah, because that's a person who's basically on the inside of a situation saying they don't like the situation. You take into effect what the speaker meant. Yep. Presumably and yep. say that they're not at all at all racist. Listen. That's cool. I've been called racist more times than I want to admit to when it has nothing to do with the person's color. More of their character. Yeah. And I think Martin Luther King Junior pretty much attested that it's not their color but the moral of the character. There you go, man. Way to drop that timely reference. <laughs> that's right. That's, that's right. Very true. Big, his big day's coming up. Although I think it, I think his birthday was actually I think his birthday was actually uh, Friday. It was Friday. You know what's going to be funny? By the time this gets published, it'll be like mid June, and nobody's going to have any idea <laughs> what the hell we're talking that's about. True. <laughs> that's true. Did you notice in that last one? That last one that just got published, um, it said Freedom poured out his glass to Corrales. Because From his Corrales summer, summer vacation, vacation holy shit. <laughs> it was published in January. <laughs> We're going to lose followers. I did, I did not uh, pick that. I, I, I didn't pick up on that. Fucking hilarious. All right, let me think of a clever sign-off. I don't know, some kind of goodbye. We never have goodbyes. No, we, we just kind we, of fade that's true. the outro music. That's true. Well, that's, that's because and usually you, like, pretty wasted off. by the end, honestly. I'm like, like, all right, I'm drunk. I'm going to bed. (laughs) I'm going to pass out on my couch. Since we managed to keep up enough self-awareness tonight to be aware that we're usually drunk, but not currently, we should do Do an outro. Yeah. Well, that's it for episode. All right, here we go. You do it, dude. Yeah, I want to hear yours. Go ahead.
No, 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 no. You go ahead. I'm going to uh, follow up right behind you. You go. All right. Thanks for tagging along, guys. It got split into two different weeks, but we still made it happen. Are you? Are you? Are you? <laughs> Are you playing the guitar? He's playing the guitar while you're. That was awesome. He, he is I feel like I'm play... back on the horseshoe. Right he now. is playing you out, buddy. Now, he is playing the is that, guitar. Is that too you make loud? Your, your grand exit. I like it. Is that, I li- is that too I loud? Actually, it might not be loud enough. I don't know. I like the part where Miliardo is like, dude, are you, are you playing the guitar right now? All right, here we go. You ready? Ready? Yeah. I think I think Corrales and I, since he's playing guitar, we should have to mad lib some lyrics here. Okay, let's do it. Probe cast, best thing you'll ever listen to this week of pub cast. This one's over because it could not last. Just a pub cast. Pub cast. Yeah. song is cut from Creed's second album. They almost made it in, but Scott Strap was like, no. That's even lame for us. It would have made it worthy of your ears. But Creed said, no, it's Pubcast. Wouldn't have gone gold. Wouldn't have gone platinum. It would have gone silver bullet. Winders. <laughs> <laughs> Always opening up winders. On the pubcast. Titters. Winders and titters. On the pubcast. Thank you for listening to our show. The 1068 Pub is closing. We'll be back with more beer and more shit we find entertaining. If there are certain beers you'd like us to try, or if you have any comments about our show, you can reach out to us at 1068pubcast at gmail.com. I'll give you an example. Porsche, the car manufacturer. When you think of a Porsche, what Porsche do you think of? I'm going to say the 911 because you totally did this like two episodes ago. Did I do this or two the Carrera? Ago? <laughs> yeah, yeah, you totally did. Or the Carrera, which is just a modified 911, which I probably said that two episodes ago too. I felt like that makes sense. Like when I started talking about it, I was like, I feel like I've done this before. I'm playing soccer right now, so. You playing FIFA? You FIFAing it up? I am. I'm just drinking a beer, watching my dog lick himself. Lasses. Stop it. Yeah. He's gotten to where he gets allergies. His feet get itchy. So then he licks his feet. And then his feet get basically um, athlete's foot. That's weird. Yeah, it's not that weird, no, actually. But not, it's not really, costing me a lot of money. You just leave his feet alone. But I'll tell you what. I love my boxers. But that's the thing with purebreds, man. You get a mutt, man. Mutts don't have problems like that. But you get a purebred, oh, I got allergies. I walked outside, grass touched my foot. It's like, what the hell is wrong with you? To this one facility.
facility. Nice, <laughs> nice, real. nice. There's a study that says that people who have ephemeral seizures are more likely to have lucid daytime hallucinations in their life. Which, to be honest, like, I think it's pretty fucking cool. Uh, like, you know, I, I don't want my daughter to have to go through any weird <laughs> shit, but like, I, I think mean, it's pretty she's fucking never cool. Like, have to do drugs or like do acid or Molly or anything. She can just trip out on her own. That's cool. If the worst side effect you ever have is a fucking pink elephant in the corner of your eye, you turn and it's not a pink elephant. That's still fucking cool. Like, I, I'm cool with that. That's like, cool, that's man. Fine. Yeah. If I'm tired and I and I start drinking, man, my tongue gets absolutely retarded. I mean, my tongue it gets. I, and I won't even. I won't be drunk. I won't be buzzed. I just won't be able to speak. And uh, this is no you know joke, guys. You won't, be able to like, do, you won't be able to refrain from having bikes put on top of you and shower rods. <laughs> no, it's different. Held it's, up at it your. It is different, guys. Uh, it's different than just passed out drunk. Uh, it's, I mean, I was out, this is no joke, all right, I was on a teacher trip or whatatever, and I'm out to dinner with other teachers, by the way, with other, good lord, (laughs) with other co-workers, and I had, like, three beers, I think, and I couldn't talk anymore, guys, like, it was like (laughs) I had had a stroke, man, it was ridiculous, and, like, I was totally sober in my brain, like, in my mind, I knew what I wanted to say, but I knew That's that I couldn't say. say it. So I just got really quiet, and I could tell that other people were like, what the hell is going on? With well, if it makes you feel any better, there was a time not too long ago where I was at my in-law's house around my wife, her mother, her father. I think one of my daughters was around. The other one was not yet. And then my wife's sister. And I had had two beers and was sitting down to dinner eating, and – I still to this day have no idea what I was doing, and my wife won't talk about it. But whatever I did or said, her sister looks at me and is like, just just stop talking. And <laughs> apparently I was being a drunk idiot. At the time, I was coherent. When I remember that event, I remember everything that we said was said and done, and I don't remember slurring. To this day, I have no idea why I was told to shut the fuck up uh, politely. <laughs> so if it makes you feel any better, I guess that's that's what happens when you get old. Yeah, when when you get old and married, and your wife tells you you're being an idiot. Yeah, that happens. That happens sometimes. Mm-hmm. Sounds like a weekly thing for me. But, dude, I mean, it was really, like, it was really an unpleasant experience for me, actually. Like, I'm out to dinner, and I'm trying to be professional, and I cannot talk. Like, my mouth just would, wouldn't work anymore. Yeah. And I'm like, oh, no, what's happening to me right now? So I just got really quiet. Next time, pull a Milliardo and be like, oh, sorry, guys, I was just practicing my Elvish. I'm going to go home. <laughs> I'm going to go home. <laughs> Later. <laughs>